0: This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Welcome to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm your host, Sid Evans. And for this episode, I sat down with Camilla alves McConaughey, who recently came to visit our test kitchens in Birmingham. She may be best known for her connection to her famous husband, Matthew McConaughey, But Camilla has a career and a fan base of her own. After growing up in Brazil and then traveling around the world as a model, she settled down to raise a family in Texas, a place that now feels very much like home. Not only has she started a foundation with Matthew to support and empower high school kids, but she also launched an online community called Women of Today with recipes and ideas for making life a little easier and a little more fun. We'll discuss all that, plus her favorite Brazilian foods, and how she finally won over her mother-in-law on this week's Biscuits & Jam. Camila alves hey, welcome to Biscuits & Jam.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me here. It's been a nice morning so far.
0: Well, so Camilla, we just did a tour of the test kitchens where we test all of the Southern living recipes and we photograph them as someone who loves to cook. What did you think? Very impressive.
1: It was hard for me to leave. I wanted to stay there and just start cooking with everybody and learn. I'm a big fan of continuous learning. It's beautiful. It's impressive. It's really interesting to see how much work and how many people go behind creating the look and feel in the recipes. And I respect a lot that you test all the recipes before putting it out. Because online, a lot of times, people are not really testing their recipes. And then you go on this journey of purchasing a bunch of things, thinking you're learning something, and then you ended up with something that's really not that good. So you guys are doing it right. Respect that.
0: Yeah, appreciate that. You never know what you're going to get online, and there is a lot of integrity behind the whole process. So we try to make sure that we communicate that. Camilla, I want to ask you about the kitchen that you grew up with. What did it look like? What did it smell like? And who was doing the cooking?
1: The fun thing for me growing up is that I really grew up with two different kinds of kitchen. So I was born and raised in the big city, but my parents are both from very small towns deep inland in Brazil. So half of my time would be in the big city and completely different culinary experience, food experience. And then half of my time will be in the farm where they're cooking on the brick ovens outside, all wood burning and very, 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 very similar actually to Southern food. Really? Yes. Very similar. You know, my aunts will be making the butter from scratch and let's go get the milk out there and then let's kill the pig. I always laugh because my kids would go back to a the farm, you know, the first time they went to the farm ever, they were little, and they get there and they wake up and they're killing the pig. We're like, "Yep, yeah, that's how we do it. My dad is still a farmer and renter into today. We have a farm together in Brazil. And to be able to understand and see what it takes to grow food, what it takes to get the meat on your table, all of that work that goes into, it really created a very big appreciation for me through a relationship to food. My grandmother was in the kitchen majority of the time, and my aunt. And then my mom is an amazing chef. She's a phenomenal chef, and she brings more of the high end. I had very farm-to-table food that looked like, you know, a Michelin star being put on a plate. So it was a very interesting relationship with the food growing up.
0: Wow, what a great mix. You had kind of the best of both worlds.
1: I really did. I really did. It was really cool. The challenge for me growing up is I never really learned how to cook at a young age, which I've changed that with my kids because it was strong women and they wouldn't really let you help. They basically just boss you around and then halfway through it, they would be like, you're doing it wrong. Just go do the cleanup. But the experience was amazing. The food was amazing. You learn a lot watching, but I'm the kind of person that for me to really learn something, I have to be hands-on. I have to do it.
0: So what are some dishes that you remember fondly that really stand out for you?
1: Oh, my gosh. So feijoada is a typical Brazilian food. It's a dish that started when the slaves from Africa came in. They brought in that flavor and that tradition and really started with them creating this dish out of the leftovers of their owners. And it's the traditional black beans with a lot of meat in it. And then you eat with rice, sauteed collard greens, and you eat with plantains, and you have to have orange afterwards so you can digest it properly. Uh. So there's this whole ceremony that goes with eating feijoada. It takes a long time to cook, and traditional feijoada, you're gonna get pig feet, you're gonna get pig tail, and tongues parts of the animals that were traditionally not used, they were using it for their meals. My mom makes the most amazing feijoada. And then galinha caipira, which we call a farm dish. is that chicken that's being raised in the farm, has not been fed anything that is not, you know, just...
0: No antibiotics.
1: Nothing. So the meat and the way they cook, it's very different. It's almost like a soup, but with all the parts of the chicken, it's got a yellow sauce in it. It tastes really good.
0: I mean, this all sounds very vaguely Southern, you know, long cooking times. and. <laughs> it
1: really, really is. It's amazing to see the similarities. So my state, it's all surrounded by farms and things like that. And when I come to the South, it feels like I grew up in the South. Even growing up, we grew up saying, yes, ma'ams, no sirs, right? The tradition of food is really, really strong. It's become more of a popular thing in America now, the Brazilian cheese bread, are you mm. familiar with that? No. Mm-mm. So you can actually now find at the Whole Foods, at um, different grocery stores in Texas in H-E-B or different stores you're in, you can actually get it. It's in the frozen section and it's a cheese bread, but it's gluten-free and it's got a lot of flavor. It's really good. It's really good. I've yet to give cheese bread to a American that don't fall in love with it.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I have not found that at the Piggly Wiggly in Birmingham, but... We need to get it. Go check
1: it out because (laughs) it is other stores here for sure that have it because I already purchased here (laughs) from in Birmingham. But my state is famous for that. So the Ponche Queijo started in my state.
0: Wow. So, Camilla, tell me when it comes to the holidays, what did a big holiday celebration look like in your family?
1: I'm big in holidays. Matthew's family, not so big on celebrating. They like to celebrate holidays. I'm like... No, you know, we're going to make the pretty table. We're going to sit down.
0: You're more old school. We're huh? going
1: to eat, sitting down, not moving around. New Year's is really big for me as a Brazilian. Christmas is a big one for me and in the household. And we do it two ways. Because in Brazil, you celebrate Christmas on the 24th at midnight. Really? Yes, we do. And Americans celebrate on the 25th in the morning, right? So I try to honor both sides of our family. So on the 24th, we change the clocks in the house so it looks like it's midnight, but it's not really for the kids. <laughs> that's when I make a beautiful table. I really go all out. I decorate beautiful plate settings and all those things. And I cook a Brazilian dish, which is not a traditional Brazilian Christmas dish, but in my household, it has become one because my kids, that's all they ask for. So I do a Brazilian chicken stroganoff. I do the rice, I do the little potatoes, all the sides that go with it. And that's usually what we have that night. Some years they ask me for the Brazilian chicken stroganoff and for the Brazilian style lasagna, which is different than the Italian lasagna too. We put slices of ham in between the layers. We do that meal at night and then they're allowed to open one gift from us, right? And then... Everybody goes to sleep. Then Matthew and I do the crazy late night, like all the other parents, hiding the gifts under the tree from Santa Claus. And then in the morning, when everybody wakes up, then we do the American version breakfast, big breakfast, everybody moving around, walking around. My mother-in-law, Kay, if you follow on my Instagram, yeah. you've seen how feisty she can be. She wants everybody to sit there and watch every single gift being opened. I mean, you cannot step out to go to the bathroom. You cannot go get a coffee, nothing. So we're pretty much with the size of family that we have. And because we want to honor her, she's 91. It takes all day. Oh, my gosh. We're there from the morning till late afternoon. At the end, we're all looking at each other going, I mean, this is great. But, I mean, we actually started telling each other, don't get each other's gifts. Just get the kids. That's all. Get the kids and her. And that's it.
0: (laughs) Oh, that sounds like so much fun. That's great. Well, Camilla, you moved here when you were 15, and you've now spent as much time in Texas as you did in Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. You're
1: pretty much right,
0: yes. Tell me, what were your first impressions of Texas, moving there and really becoming familiar with the culture?
1: When I first came to Texas, we were living in Malibu, California, which, it's beautiful, beautiful place. And we really had a good group of friends there. And I was coming from a situation where I kind of lived all over the world. When I was doing the modeling, I mean, I lived in Greece, I lived in Italy, I lived in Paris, I lived in Milan, I lived in South Africa, Israel. I was all over the place. And I was missing a lot of sense of community. I lived in New York, I lived in L.A. I wasn't really finding that sense of community. And when I moved to Texas, the first thing that I've noticed on how the sense of community was so present and how their sense of we got you and we're gonna take care of each other was really present. People really stood by what they said they were gonna do. So if they said they were gonna show up, they're gonna show up. They didn't overpromise and under The values there, you know, family, religion, sports, food, culture was really, really present. So we moved to Texas. It wasn't really planned. And I got there and I immediately felt at home. It took me right back to my roots in a way.
0: What year would this have been?
1: Oh, I think it's been 14 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. Wow. I immediately fell in love with it. I really did. And it was interesting, too, with the women in Texas because... Right when I moved in, I kind of had my walls up a little bit. I had my systems in L.A., in Malibu, and my friends and all of that. Now I remember this one friend of mine now who tells a story. I'll go to football games, and I'll just sit and just be like looking straight at a game. And they'll come and talk to me, and I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I- I'm watching the game kind of thing, right? And they all say, oh, you weren't getting it at first, that we weren't going to give up on making you feel welcome and making you feel at home until you actually allowed yourself to do so, Mm because that's what we do here in the South. And I was like, yep, silly me, you're 100% (laughs) right. And we laugh about it. I have friends for life that have truly changed my perspective on the culture. I joke with Matthew that we move a lot with our work, right? Sometimes we're away from home for a whole year, sometimes for two years and just get little breaks. And we just go back to home and kind of do our thing for a little bit and we got to get on the road again. And I tell him, I was like, you made me a Texan? I'm like, that's it, that's never going away, you know?
0: <laughs> Texan for life.
1: And it's funny because even now, we're here in Alabama shooting, and we have a little break in between, and we could go anywhere we want to. And I'm like, I just wanna go home to Texas for a bit. Yeah. I just want yeah, to get my Texas fix for a bit.
0: After the break, I'll talk more with Camilla Alves McConaughey about her mother-in-law, Ma Mac, and the work she and Matthew do to support kids with the Just Keep Living Foundation. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken. A new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients... This slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bees Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today I'm talking with Camilla Alves McConaughey. You know, speaking of people taking care of each other, I want to ask you about your mother in law, Kay, who y'all call Ma Mac. Is that right? Ma
1: Mac, yes.
0: And how instrumental was she in helping? introduce you to the culture and helping you get on board with being a Texan?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. I think this idea of just shoot straight. It is what it is. And let's handle it. Let's handle it. Let's get it done. She has a lot of that in her, you know, and it's and that pride as well.
0: She's a tough customer. She's
1: great. I'll tell you a funny story of Mama. She did all these things when I first came in the picture, right? And She's really testing me. I mean, really testing me. She will call me by all of Matthew's ex-girlfriend's names. She would start speaking Spanish with me in a very broken way, kind of putting down a bit. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And I got a job to go to Istanbul to go do a fashion show there. And that job comes with the perks of you get another first-class ticket, you get another nice hotel room, you get this, you get your driver. I was like, Mama, are you gonna come with me? The whole way there, the whole plane ride to Istanbul, she was telling me all the stories and putting all these things in my head enough that when we landed, I was like, okay, all right, let me buckle up, let me get ready for this situation. And then about day three, I was taking her to her room and she got into this whole other thing that it's not my place to share. And she starts crying, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, Mom Mag, feeling so sorry. And as I put her to bed, I look at her and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, she's full of." <laughs> so I just flip it on her and brought my spicy Brazilian Latin side, and I let her have it. So I went back at her, and we had it back and forth, back and forth. And then at the end, she just looked at me. She was like. Okay, now you're in.
0: You pass the test. All
1: she wanted was for me to fight back. And then from that day on, that night on, we have the most amazing relationship. And I have so much respect for her. She has so much respect for me. I mean, <laughs> it can get tricky sometimes, you know, but we always end with a good laugh and a joke.
0: What are some things that she and Matthew have in common?
1: Oh, my gosh. They're very similar in a lot of ways. She's very organized. A lot of people have this. Well, I don't think people actually has this image of Matthew anymore because just the kind of work at things he's been doing. But when we first started dating, it was this image of Matthew of getting high, lay back, no shirt, whatever, which I'm like, the guy doesn't even smoke. What is this vision coming from? He's actually the opposite. And he's like his mom. She's very organized, very minimalistic, very on time, very prepared. And he gets a lot of those traits from her.
0: Mm. Super punctual. She's there. Oh, yeah. Camilla, I want to talk about your site and your community that you've built called Women of Today. This is something that seems to have gotten a lot of momentum and that you seem very invested in. And I'm wondering what is some of the feedback that you get that motivates you to do it and that drives Women of Today and what you're producing?
1: It is special and it is different what we're building. And I could sit here and give you a thousand examples. But in a nutshell, I think really it's how people are getting inspired. And they're not just getting inspired, but actually creating the action with the things we're sharing and the things we're giving to them to do better for themselves, to do better for their families, to do better for the communities around them. And how, you know, it's the younger generation that's there. They're giving us the feedback that, hey, I'm kind of getting a glimpse of things that I should start practicing my life now so I have a better life later on. The 35s, 45s, we're in there going, we're right in the middle of it.
0: (laughs) In the thick of it.
1: If We're in the thick of it. Give me tools to cope, to make it easier for me as I'm going through everything I got to deal with. And the 65 and older, they get to us going, I'm re-inspired. I found a whole new voice that I didn't know I had. Oh, I found this whole new community now that is introducing me to all these new things. So it's a lot of empowering, but not just empowering on in an inspirational way. It's an empowering in the sense of I can do it, and everybody can achieve the things we're talking about or sharing.
0: Do you wish that you had a site like this, say, 10 years ago?
1: You know, I really do. I really do. But you also have the thing, right? Everything happens for a reason at the right time. I'm a big believer of that. So we are on our journey now, and it's quite beautiful, and it's really a community-based website. It's not about me telling people what to do. It's about me sharing what I learned, my experiences, and then getting from the community. What have you learned? What do you have to share with us? So a lot of the recipes are mine. Some of the recipes is from our test kitchen. Some recipes is from the community going, I created this. I made this. This worked for me. My Thanksgiving last year was a bunch of the dishes that the community shared with us that they mm. do it for their Thanksgiving. And it was amazing. We do a lot of food because that is what the community is asking the most. But it's all based on doing better for you. I don't like to say healthy. I don't like to say strict. It's not that. It's just really better for you. And we give you different ways of going about it. So if you eat meat, great. So do it this way and do it that way. If you don't, great too. You substitute for this or that. And we try to make everything affordable. And if you have never cooked before, you should be able to do any of the recipes. And then we do a lot of beauty and wellness and business things. And we do gatherings and events. So it's been a really beautiful journey. I'm excited about it. Can you tell when I start talking? Yeah, I can. I uh, start going like... Sitting (laughs) up.
0: There is a lot of healthier recipes on there, but you live in the South. You've lived in Texas for the last dozen years. What are some of your guilty pleasures when it comes to Southern food?
1: Oh, you gotta have your guilty pleasure. (laughs) It's like you do good majority of the time and then you eat whatever you want the other time. It's like, come on, right? Just gotta enjoy it, you know? Brisket, come on. (laughs) I mean, uh, it's very different than Brazilian barbecue. Very different. But I love brisket. I love it. Tex-Mex food, that's my guilty pleasure right there.
0: I could eat it every day.
1: I mean, that's my guilty pleasure (laughs) right there.
0: So, Camilla... You and Matthew have a foundation called Just Keep Living, which is all about empowering high school students. Tell me a little bit about that and the mission behind it.
1: Absolutely. When Just Keep Living came to fruition, it was really about preventing before having to cure. And working with kids in high school, it's an area that not a lot of people want to work with. A lot of people going to the little kids or adults.
0: I've got two of them, so I know that it can be a challenge.
1: Exactly. But Matthew always likes to say, hey, at high school, if you get in trouble, you're going to the principal's office. But when you get out of high school, if you get in trouble, you're going to jail, right? So it's just that really great time of their lives that you can really, really impact them. If they're going the right way, you impact them to continue and do it even better. Or if they're not doing so good... It's really the right time to prevent and change the direction that they were going to not getting to a bad path. We have programs all over the country, and we've been doing it for over 15 years now. So majority of the Title I schools, if you're not familiar with, think of the schools that do not get a lot of budget, do not have many programs for the kids. A lot of the kids in those schools are single-parent household, and a lot of their parents are working three jobs a day. So a child is really trying to figure out a lot of things on their own. We are after school program. The first thing we learn in this program is that a lot of the kids were coming in because it was a safe place for them to go after school and because we had snacks. The basic necessities, safety and food. And what does that tell you about the situations that these kids are in? And then when they come in, they learn what it is all about it. And they don't leave, they stay, they bring other friends. So the program has really grown a lot. And it's fitness is nutrition on a budget, it is community service, gratitude circle, and we have guest speakers that come in from all walks of life, because you never know what kind of career path, what speaker is gonna influence what kid. Gratitude circle is something that we practice every time before we eat a meal, we'd say gratitude, and we've learned the more you practice gratitude, all the benefits that you get. So we actually do a gratitude circle before the end of the program every day, And it started with kids going, I'm just thankful for Jacob. I'm just thankful for Jacob living. And they weren't really sharing. And Matthew and I started going and sharing. Matthew was silly one day and he goes, I'm grateful because my wife gave me a really good kiss today. And they started to slowly share very deep things that they are going through. And they get to build a community in that circle where they're actually trusting each other and helping each other. And also realizing, wow, this person is going through that. Let me help him or her. Kids in our program, they are 99.9% graduating and all going to colleges. We'll help them in that process as well. And so many of them wake up at like 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning on a Sunday to go do community service sometimes. Matthew and I are like, man, they're teenagers. Like I They need to sleep. <laughs> they shared with us that it's like, hey, through the community service, we learn the value that we have. That even when you don't have a lot, you can be impactful and you can help others and you can make communities better and you can make the world around you better.
0: Well, it sounds like a wonderful organization and it's catching kids at such a pivotal moment in their life when you can actually make a difference if you're lucky. So I applaud what y'all are doing.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But if anybody's interested in learning more, they just keep living foundation. Website's got some things in there. It's very inspiring and it's beautiful and they're doing it. They're graduating. We have kids going to Harvard. We have kids working in the White House. We have kids becoming professional chefs. And majority of the times, they were the first one in their families to be doing that.
0: That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Camilla, I just have one more question for you.
1: Ooh, ooh, what is it (laughs) going to be?
0: What does it mean to you to be a Texan?
1: Oh, my gosh. What does it mean to be a Texan? I think it's a sense of place and community that— you're a true Texan, and look, every state, every place has the crazies and the good and the bad, right? But what I have experienced in Texas, if you're a true Texas, that stands for the right things, it's like you always stand for the right things, even if the right thing is not your opinion. That's what I've learned with the folks that are true Texans, in my experience, Even if it's not their opinion, if they go, you know, I don't really agree with that, but that is the right thing to do. I think that's what it means to me. I've never been to a community where people show up to help each other, more in terms of disasters and really scary situations and things. People just show up, even if it's not their mission, but it's because it's the right thing to do.
0: Well, Camilla Alves McConaughey, thanks for being on Biscuits and Jam.
1: Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to my conversation with Camilla Alves McConaughey. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. Our theme song is by Sean Watkins of Nickel Creek. I hope you'll join us next week for my conversation with the amazing singer-songwriter and member of the Zac Brown Band, Caroline Jones. We'll see you then.